Just in case our name Clit Talk wasn't a disclaimer enough, we wanted to let you know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience only. So if you have any little ones in the room, now is the time to maybe put some earmuffs on or escort them out. Today on Clit Talk, we discuss the wild west of being single. From ethical sluttiness to the hope and terror of dating apps to the fierce societal pressure to mate and procreate. Pussy, pussy, it's gonna be a good one today. Yes. I'm talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk, talking about a clit talk, clit talk, clit talk. Come on, girls and boys and everyone on the gender rainbow, bring your pussies to the show. Welcome to Clit Talk. The Pleasure Positive Podcast, where badass women discuss everything from orgasms to gender harmony to the health benefits of masturbation, the sex ed you wish you got, and then some. Hey, Clitorati. (laughs) Today, we're diving into the glory and the challenges of what it is to be single in today's hyper-busy, tech-driven, anything-goes world of relationships. Dating today is very different from our parents' day when there were specific rules of courting and the path for a young couple was already pretty carved out. You meet, fall in love, you get married, you buy a house, you have children, and then live happily ever after, right? I mean, until the statistic now says about 50% of you get divorced. Yeah. So in our generation, more and more people are choosing to actually stay single and find their joie de vivre in being a self-sustaining individual. So we've gathered all the single ladies of Clit Talk to get into their world and discover what it is to be single today. All the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. Okay, so we wanted to start this episode by allowing all of the single ladies to, I got seriously educated in the different levels of being single and what it means. And are you casually dating? Are you dating multiple people? So all of the single ladies, when we were creating this episode, felt it was really important for them to kind of give their story of their version of single. So we're going to kind of go around the room and we're going to have the single ladies, just to be clear, are Eve, Tamiko, Jade, and Crystal. Crystal. I almost said your real name. I know. I almost (laughs) always say her real name. All right. So let's Eve. You want to, or who wants to get us started? Yeah. Eve is taking the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but this part of this episode I found to be the most terrifying. I don't know why. I think it had something to do with needing to define what kind of single I am. And I feel like I'm living so far outside of any definition right now. I don't know how to say that. So the last time I was in a full-on live-in relationship was about a year and a half ago. And right now I'm in a situation of having a male lover and a female lover. Well, I did have a male lover up until two days ago when I kicked him to the curb. (laughs) So yeah, it's ever evolving, I guess is what I want to say about my single life. And I don't, I have to say, I don't really feel single because I have romance and excitement and touch and love. And yet I'm not in a primary partnership. So whatever that means, everyone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. I prefer to be in a relationship and it hasn't happened. 
you know, and I, when it really, when I look at it, I've only really had one boyfriend ever, like one real boyfriend that called me his girlfriend. And since then it's been like, we're fucking, we're in a relationship. We're not really in a relationship. We can't talk. There's, you know, something there where that other person is not committal. This is what Tammy told me the other night. She's like, he's non-committal. It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's been where I've been at. I want to have a relationship and I've just been having this cycle of men who are not interested in having a relationship with me. They're interested in fucking me. Mm. And that for me doesn't work. Yeah. All right, Crystal, I can't wait to hear your explanation. <laughs> I have really thought about this episode and I remember texting Sugar even like, I'm going to contradict myself. I have so many things to say and I don't want to say anything. Like I'm just like all over the place with it. And she's like, you'll be fine. You're amazing. Which is why I love her. She always makes me feel so good. But I have had very serious boyfriends and I've had super casual sex and I've had lovers and I've had, I felt like I've tasted, oh, I won't say all the flavors, because I've definitely learned a whole lot more since playing with you girls in the podcast world. <laughs> but for my vanilla self, I thought I'd really experimented with all these crazy, awesome men. And I, for about, I actually did not do my own homework and really look at the numbers is how confronted I am by how long I've been super single. And it's probably been four years of like no real boyfriend. Definitely had guys I've dated three to six months at a time. Lovers. Been great. And I've just been to a point in the last two or three years where I'm like, I'm kind of really ready to settle down and I don't want kids. So that's never been a priority. It's never been like pushing my timeline. And I'm watching my friends from college go through having kids, being married. Now they're like married for a long time. And it's really interesting to be seeing like the changes in their relationships. And most of the time I'm like, I'm so glad that's not me. And then there's other times where I'm like, gosh, I wish that was me, but different. Like I would do it different. And don't other people ask you like, who? Oh what are God. you doing? Are you dating? What's Always. going on? And everyone has an answer. And it's either you totally need to be putting yourself out there <laughs> and like do everything and be amazing or don't look for it. It'll totally show up when you're not looking for it. And I'm like, like, like there's something. And what I'm hearing is like, there's something wrong with being single. Yeah. And you know, I really embrace it actually. And I don't know if now's the time to talk about this or not this morning before recording. Wait, wait, wait. I want to, I want, let's get Tammy Coe's situation. I want to, I want to finish all the intros. (laughs) I'll go back. Oh, it's so interesting. Crystal Crystal has so much to say. Good story. (laughs) No, really. Well, that's the history. So that's my, that's the dating-ish history. Yeah, yeah. You'll get back to it. Yeah, we'll get back to it. Let's see. You know, I had no prior dating experience prior to getting married. So that's 24 years that's of marriage. And then I'm 45 when I come back to the dating scene. And for the first time, 
I'm like, what the fuck is this? An app? <laughs> how, how do I download that? <laughs> how many? T- which way is left? What? 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 What's swipe right? Left? <laughs> so it's been a real sociology study. I've learned so much about myself and men, and I'm really enjoying it more than anything. But that's because I don't really have any um, timelines. Everything that I've wanted to experience thus far in terms of this kind of ideal life for a woman that we've all been influenced by, I've already done. I've, I followed the rules. I did the shit. Okay. I'm done. So coming into being single for me, I think I'm really at a place after five years of being single that I have had some fun. And I'm recognizing that ultimately, to really grow as an individual for myself and really for anyone, there's this process that happens when you do partner up with one other person. Mm -hmm. It taps into you and what your weaknesses are and what your strengths are and how you learn to communicate with others and what it really means to be intimate and loving. And we all want that. That's, I think it's human nature, whether you're a man, gay, female, whatever you are, you want to connect. So I too would love to find a really nice gentleman that I feel at ease with, that I'm having amazing sex with, and we're continuing to learn together. And what I don't like about being in a partnership, though, that's what makes me hesitant right now, is that I don't want to integrate all my decisions with this person. I don't want to put my finances together. I don't want to have to make every little life decision together. That to me feels very constricting. So I'm kind of hesitant right now, even though my heart wants something real and beautiful and loving. Also, my mind says, well, it has to be a certain way. So I think that's why I'm still single right now. I'm looking for that balance. This is fascinating. It's so cool. You all have four, I think, really unique and different perspectives. What I want to know from the four of you and I guess anyone else who wants to chime in, we've all been single at some point, is what do you absolutely just fucking love about being single? Oh my God. I <laughs> feel like I have been the poster child for the single life so many times. I've had a lot of great relationships over the course of my years and the in-between times. I I hit some sort of stride in my late 20s where I stopped demonizing being single and started getting really excited about all the freedom that was there, how much time I had to connect with my friends, how I could do anything that I wanted. Travel plans were all about me. They're not about, well, where do you want to go, honey? I mean, I love being single. It is so fun. And also being open and available for the kismet of life that you could just be talking to somebody and be so enamored by them and share a kiss and you don't have to tell anybody. <laughs> you just, you just were human. And it's the freedom. Yeah. You don't have to report every single thing about your day to everyone. Also, another thing I love about being single is I get to ride my emotional wave, whatever that is. I'm up a lot. I'm a very happy person at this point in my life ever since I started meditating. And I also have my dips for sure. And if I'm in a partnership, what I notice, I'm such an empath that if they go down, 
I'll go down with them. So I'm either trying to pump them back up and be their cheerleader, or I'm starting to tail dive down into the depths of depression with them. And then we'll do this crazy thing where it's like our emotional bodies are hooked to each other and we can't regulate ourselves. And so I think that kind of emotional codependency is something that I'm really looking in my next uh primary relationship, whatever that looks like, I'm really looking to discover what can that be like to let someone have their own space, to have their emotions and be supportive, but not get all the way in there with them and and kind of ride their roller coaster. That's good. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Been there. You too? Where, where when you're with somebody, a partner, emotionally you know, you go with them, but there's a lot of freedom when you're single because when you're down, you know, maybe it's before your period, after your period, I don't know, something happened to your life. You don't have to put that on them because I have a tendency sometimes if I'm down or frustrated, once in a while, I do take that frustration out on the other person and then I feel bad. So when you don't have a partner, you don't ever have to feel bad because you didn't take your frustration out on anyone. <laughs> That's so true. I mean, That's so true. So, Sugar here, if this question was asked, what's your least favorite thing about being in a relationship? I would literally say what you just said is that piece of having somebody else's emotional experience somehow impact you or yours impact them and some chaos can go down in that. So, thank you for sharing that because as a not single person, I'm like, how can I create that inside? Now, I'm in this relationship, but how do I create through that, something I really don't like about relationships is that piece. Jade, well, you're sitting Jade what do you love? I want to know what you love about being single. I mean, I took for granted all the stuff that um, that you just said. Like, I I really enjoy being able to just travel and go wherever I want, not have to answer to anybody. Um, I enjoy walking around my apartment naked by myself and dancing to you know my favorite music and you know and the lights are on and I've got like sheer curtains and who knows who's like outside who might be seeing me dance naked in my apartment (laughs) through the window you know um I I love being able to look at everyone and not have anyone kind of like oh who are you looking at and you know um just not having anyone to answer to. And then I also like not having to worry about someone else's like well-being or emotional uh, issues <laughs> or like whatever <laughs> they have going on. Like, but there's also a part of me that wants that, you know, I want to be, I want to be caring and loving and I want to like have the responsibility of having that as well. So I, I enjoy not having it. And I also, like there's that that's missing for me right now. Mm-hmm. I would say for me with what I enjoy about being single, love how Eve put it because that is very true. And it's doing what I want, when I want, how I want, with who I want, whenever I want. And it's the little adventures that you get to have because of it. Like meeting somebody in Paris and having a fabulous night just because you were by yourself. And that, I have to tell you, anytime I go do something by myself, I almost have, a really cool little adventure. Mm-hmm. And I have str- super strong friendships. And that's something that I think if I was in a serious relationship, 
for a long time that would not be as as strong. And just like really working on being my best version of me. And with what Jade was sharing, it made me think about, you're right, sometimes you do worry. And like, sometimes it's like, I don't even want to be criticized by somebody else. So it's just easier not to have someone else around, mm-hmm. right? I'm already hard enough on myself. Mm-hmm. So I don't need another layer of that from somebody. <laughs> really. And it's not like mo- all guys do that by all means. It was just something I thought of when you were sharing what you were saying. I've, and I felt really lucky. Like I felt like I've always dated really amazing men and been really happy with most of my choices. And um, also they ended for whatever reason they ended for. And some of them, like, I was usually friends with most of my boyfriends, ex-boyfriends. Great. It's just been, like, like this is just done now. <clears throat> so I think there's, um, there is a lot of good available inside of that discovery of being single. The two things I love about being single, and not just single, because the first time I was single was the first time I got my own apartment all by myself, and my girls weren't there either. And I remember thinking to myself, what do I want to eat for dinner? And I went to the kitchen. It's the first time, literally, that I opened a box of cereal and went to my bedroom with a bowl of cereal and watched some TV. (laughs) And I was eating the cereal and I had this epiphany and this moment of joy like, oh my God, I didn't have to worry about anybody else making them food. I don't have to be a role model and eat something good. I get to watch a show in private. And I was like, oh, this is fabulous. Mm -hmm. And that was the moment I understood what the upside of having time to yourself to live your life. And be together with yourself and enjoy. And I hadn't had that for many, many years. The other great part about being single is just this morning, I was on OkCupid and started messaging this young man. And I say young man because on the, on the app, he said he was 41, turned out to be he's 33. Ooh. It happens because younger men want to date older women. So the algorithms are better if they put their age so they can see the older women. And I get this frequently for younger men. So anyway, we started to discuss and he asked me all about the podcast because in my profile, I say, and I'm part of a pro- podcast. So every now and then a man will ask me off of the apps, what's your podcast about? And he asked me three times. A lot of times I don't want to tell him clit talk before I meet them. That's like sending a little bit of a wrong message, yeah. you know, unless they listen to it. So I don't tell them typically, but he asked me so many times. So anyway, we had a little back and forth. I asked him to give me a call this morning. He gave me a call and I said to him, this is perfect. I have this episode. It's about being single and I'd love to hear your take on it too. So my point is as a single person, I can even do those little adventures where it doesn't matter. I can talk to a complete stranger on the phone about sex that I just started talking to on the internet. That's something I never thought about when I was in a marriage, that these little life experiences are so much different. They're not better than marriage and children. They're just different. And I'm so happy that I have both. And that actually, it was almost exactly my experience this morning. And that's what I was going to share with you. I was at the farmer's market. This guy just starts talking to me. Mm-hmm. And I did end up telling him about the podcast as we were coming and recording. But it was just like this super hot guy moved here from Texas four years ago, like gave him my number. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk. And I actually was like, had to generate myself briefly. Just go to the farmer's market by yourself today. Because mm-hmm. usually I go with friends. Right. Almost always have someone to go with. And this time I was like, no, all right, I'm just going to do that. 
And had she just say, this is a choice in a positive way. Don't make something bad and wrong about yourself for having to do it by yourself. And then something happens. Right. And it's just like, and I like that you're putting in. It's not necessarily better. It's just different. And yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is fascinating to me as I'm hearing all of you share as a a personally, I've, I've been a serial monogamous pretty much my whole life. And I found my period, the periods of in-between relationships were difficult for me. And it's, it seems like all four of you have found a real place of empowerment in being single. And I'm just wondering, is that, was that always there? Or is there a side of this that fucking sucks too? Or like, you know, is it, cause it's just, it's, Like, is it really all rainbows and sunshine or? Well, when I don't have sex for a long period of time, my pussy gets real dry. Like it's like, and (laughs) masturbation (laughs) gets harder and harder. Uh, (laughs) I mean, just, I mean, if we're going to be real about it. Hashtag the truth. (laughs) Like, let's be real about it. But you know what? This keeps making me think I have to like, I have to share this with you guys. I don't know how it falls into it, but I did have the most amazing Tinder date ever. That was inspired by my niece, actually. <laughs> so my whole family went to Australia. Twelve of us got on a huge airplane and we all flew to Australia for a Christmas, uh, you know, vacation. And um, and while we were on vacation, my niece started talking about Tinder and she's 20. She's 22 now. So she's just like she she used to be the youngest. She's no longer the youngest. So everybody was like, what are you doing on Tinder? You know? So anyway, we're swiping away on both of our Tinder accounts and I swiped right on this really, really hot guy. And Australian guy. I feel like he like he kind of looked like Hugh Grant, like and like from (laughs) anyway, um, he's a doctor and he lived in the neighborhood where we were staying and decided to go out on a date with him. And it just so happened that there was a pub right right around where um, we were staying. And that night I got dressed up. I go downstairs. I'm like, everybody, I'm leaving. And at the same time, my family was like, hey, why don't we all go down to the pub for hot chocolate? So it was like, I'm having this Tinder date. My entire family of 12 (laughs) is now going to be at the same pub where I'm going to meet this guy. (laughs) And um, it, it ended up working out. We were on one side of the pub playing pool and they were, you know, having hot chocolate on the other side. And, um, we we decided we wanted to go down to the beach and we ended up having the most incredible like walk under the stars holding hands like and watching the waves crash along the along the the rocks um near the lighthouse and um and then we went down to the water and we went skinny dipping and it was like that was like honestly the best like Tinder experience I've ever had. I haven't had very many Tinder experiences, but that was like one of the best. Nice. I like how that's your answer to what fucking sucks about being single. (laughs) (laughs) The listeners are going to be like, I never need to get in a relationship. This sounds great. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's interesting. My my experience recently having, having this male lover in my life for the last off and on for the last year, but really on during the last four months. And what I noticed in that, you know, because I think, well, what sucks about being single is not having that physical closeness and not having that intimacy because I can get everything else I want from my friends. And what I found is I had, 
with him a friendship. I had an incredible sexual partner. I had somebody that I could relate to and share with, a lot of companionship. We'd hang out together sometimes. And yet I was still missing something. And I told him, you know, my heart is asking for something that my body's been denying this whole time. So my body's been really happy with how this has been going. And my heart's been saying, I want more. I want to be celebrated. I want to be with the one who sees me as the one. You know, I want partnership. I want somebody I can make financial plans with that we can buy a house together. I want that someone has my back more than anyone else in the world. And that whole idea of the power couple you know, where you empower, you're both more powerful than you would have been on your own because they're there. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I don't, I don't categorize it. I just don't experience single life as fucking sucking anymore. I really, really used to. And I don't categorize it that way now. I do see that something is missing for me and I'm willing to give up honestly, some of the hottest, most consistent sex from a man I've ever had so that Aww. I can open myself. I know what Sama goes morning. Your man might be yeah, super hot. Your pussy will get real dry like- without, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying, it just happens. You know, your pussy gets real dry when you know how sex is like. <laughs> Mine doesn't get dry because I'm masturbating the whole time. Mine gets a lot tighter, though. It just tightens back Mm -hmm. up like I never had sex before. Mm -hmm. So, Eva, I want to just for some of our listeners who may be listening that you said it used to used to used to really fucking suck for you. Like what what would you guys say to our listeners who are like, I'm single and it fucking sucks right now? Like what what would you what would you have to say to them? I guess because all of you are super empowered by it. But the people who are like, these girls are full of shit. It sucks. I'm lonely. I'm horny. And I don't know how to date. Like, what would you have to say to those people? Well, I'm ready to get real about it. I mean, there's a lot of things that suck. I think first and foremost, what sucks is that you have to be aware of your sense of safety. Yeah. That's unfortunate. But you better make sure. Who are they before you meet up with them? What are they about? You know, you can get in a little bit deep and then you find out more information. And so it's not really that natural in terms of dating apps. I mean, you meet somebody through a friend of a friend. There's something there, right? There's some context and background or at work or somewhere, right? But with apps, you really have to be safe. That sucks to worry about your safety. At home, at a restaurant, like wherever you're meeting. It's everywhere. Right. Exactly. So that's the worst part of it. The other part is there are a lot of fuckboys out there yep. and all that's all they want to do. But they're smart about it and they'll fucking get your heart involved mm-hmm. and they will, you know, let you bat their eyes at them and be all enamored in the beginning and will text you consistently and lots of phone calls. And you're like, this has some fucking possibility. And then the moment you open up your fucking heart to be like, okay, you know, I'm going to let this happen. Boom. They start backing off and you're like, what the fuck? You know, so that's what sucks. So I love this quote by Bob Marley. It's my all-time favorite quote, and I like to share it with many, many men. And I wish they'd take it in. This is what Bob Marley says. He says, the biggest coward of a man is to awaken the love of a woman 
without the intention of loving her. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're up against as single women, to protect our hearts and to be really wise about who we engage in on a really deep emotional level. So that's a and, tough part. And mm. physical level too, because yeah. there's like sexual health that you have to be sure, like, I don't want any STDs. Yeah. How do I make sure I don't have that happen? You don't know who everybody's been with. Nina that's Hart- one of the things I hate about it. Nina Hartley, death or babies. <laughs> you, don't mean- get, you don't want to die and you don't want to have babies. <laughs> but f- physiologically, when we have sex... There's some connection that is created, like once we have an orgasm with a guy. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but for women, like, and I get really connected. Like when I have sex with someone, I have to think twice before I have sex with a man. That like, is this is this man going to hurt me? Am I going to get heartbroken because it, I'm literally giving myself to him? Mm-hmm. So that's that's definitely something that I have to think about. Attachment. Before. Yeah, before I have sex and before I can, you know, create something with this person. And I mean, usually for me, it's ended up in heartbreak. Mm. Yeah. You said something before, Tamiko, about boom, right when I open my heart to him, you know, he starts to back off. And I'm wondering, is it when you opened your heart or is it when you opened your legs and let him penetrate you for the first time and he got some? of what he was pursuing, which do you think that it is? It's a good question because I think it varies on the man. But, you know, for a lot of people, women and men, having sex doesn't necessarily mean you're emotionally invested. It was just fun physically. I'm sure plenty of people have had a one-night stand, so you know how that goes. It's when you've seen somebody two, three, four times. Now you're engaging in what's going on in your life, and you're listening to what's going on in their life, and now you're cheerleading them, and they're starting to you know, kind of listen to what's happening to you and give you advice, and you're opening up. There's a friendship building. And then as the friendship and the sex come together, now you're starting to really you get in the feels, right? And the minute I feel like I allow myself to start feeling, the universe lets me see if this person is committal or non-committal, and then they got to go. But it's still a yucky process. It is a yucky process. And it's also, you know what fucking sucks about being single? No one gets to have this. Right. Oh, seriously. She's pointing to herself, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's like for real. Yeah. Right? That's sucks like I really have so much to offer and so many levels and layers of who I am Mm -hmm. and I'm like Mm -hmm. god I really want to be sharing it with somebody totally and building something with somebody my mom I was just home with my family and on the east coast and my mom just said you still dating that guy and I said yeah mom she said hmm how can he not be head over heels in love with you by now and I just said, I have no idea, mom. And it's it's exactly that. It's knowing that you're such a package physically, sexually, your intellect, your caring, your givingness, all those things, your generosity, and that, yeah, somebody's not there to receive it. And that's where the timing conversation can come in, which is annoying and a bullshit answer, <laughs> right? You can be with an amazing guy and then the timing's wrong or girl or whoever, whoever, whoever's with people. Mm-hmm. But that's like part of it. 
And something someone had said to me once was that dating is like tasting the different flavors of the ice cream before you want to buy the pint or gallon. Mm -hmm. And I've already tasted all the fucking flavors. I'm over it. Like, that's it. I'm just fucking over 62. it. Give me my goddamn best flavor. Yeah, you did Baskin Robbins twice. You got 62 mm-hmm. flavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to disagree with the whole, um, you know, when you have sex with someone falling in love with them. I, I'm i very choosy with who I have sex with. So every man I have sex with, I consider that I may fall in love with them. So when I do have sex with them, it's a very strong consideration. It's like, am I willing to actually let myself go there? And then I'm willing to let myself go there. And I, maybe I wasn't very, you know, uh, I, I wasn't very, I guess, good at my choice at choosing, you know, because I end up choosing a guy that is totally unavailable or totally not interested in having a relationship or not ready or, you know, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting you say that. Um, I chose a while back to start only having sex with people that already love me and that I already love. And so it's interesting to even these two lovers that I've been having over the last few months, both of them, I already loved them before it ever started. So it's interesting to hear the different ways of, of approaching these yeah, choices. I, mean, I, I don't do one night stands. Um, or I've, I have right in the past and I, it doesn't work for me. So and that's part of the process of being single is figuring out what works and doesn't work for you mm-hmm. and what makes you feel good or not. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm so glad that I don't choose who I'm going to sleep with based on whether I'm going to love them because I'd have like three lovers my whole life. <laughs> that would cut out a lot of other experiences for sure. And there is something to be said um, at my age to be able to hop into bed with different people and this concept of slut it just angers me. It doesn't make me feel like I am slutty. And if you want to call me a slut, then I'm going to wear it with pride, I think, at this point in my life. Because I'm a grown woman. I can pick who I want to engage in. I can determine when I want to engage and how I want to engage. And that's not representative of my integrity as a human being at all. So this whole slut shaming, I had one guy uh, I was dating for a while. And for sure, he was like always asking me like, where were you tonight? Oh, I bet you're venturing out, huh? Oh, yeah. And he knows I do clit talk. So there was this underlying slut shaming going on. And I just, you know, your pussy dries up. You're like, no, I can't hear that. It's not for me. (laughs) You know, it's not in the dictionary like this, but I really think the definition of slut is just a woman who enjoys having sex frequently. And I don't, it's sad to me that there's this whole idea that if a woman enjoys having sex, that it is something to shame. And I think that we're finally getting to this point where just society is just on the cusp of releasing from that kind of scarlet letter bullshit from the the past. Are we not supposed to enjoy having sex? Is that what makes you not a slut? Like I'm not a slut because sex really sucks for me. (laughs) And Amber Rose, doesn't she have like a, a, like a movement to reestablish the context of slut too? And she's had some marches. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it, but I mean, it sounds like a great, a great thing, a great empowering, uh, momentum that's that's going on with with women being able to stand tall inside of sexuality and pleasure let your pleasure be your guide 
Here, here. I, I think she had a slut walk is what it was. That's right. It was a like slut, a walk. slut walk down mm-hmm. in downtown LA. That's right. One of my friends sang at it. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to know, and I think I already know what the four of your answers are going to be, but do you ever feel pressure by society or that it's wrong for you to be single or do you feel pressure to be in a relationship like people are judging you because you're single? People always want to fix you. There's something broken or wrong. And having come from the Midwest and gone a completely different path than most of my close friends, everyone actually has been pretty cool about it. But I can sometimes see that they, oh, poor her. Oh, that's just too bad. Oh, when is she gonna? Is she a lesbian? Mm-hmm. Like, there's that. Right? I'm like, no, but I'm waiting for the right one. And it's really frustrating to like have it be like sad that it's not, that you didn't, that it wasn't, that you haven't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sad. I, I don't think my friends give me pressure about getting married, of course, but where I feel like judgment from some people is who I choose. Because, you know, I don't choose someone who's typical of someone like myself. I think my friends envision that I'm going to be with this really accomplished businessman with like, you know, salt and pepper hair and he's very smart and he travels the world and he can take me places. And that's what they imagine for me. It's not that they feel bad for me, Crystal. It's that they want me to have that kind of love, that kind of storybook. But I'm doing my own adventure. I'm taking the people that I dig, whether they be younger, whether they be a little bit different. Maybe they do criminal activity. I don't know. It's about me. Choose your own adventure sexuality. (laughs) So with that said, do you think it's possible to be happy even if you don't find that one? I've already found the one. I've found the one over and over again. You know, my first boyfriend when I was 15, he was the one Mm -hmm. that showed me that I was actually lovable when I thought it was so ugly that I couldn't possibly be loved. I found the one in my 20s where he showed me what it was like to fall head over fucking heels for someone and float. I floated for a year on that feeling. And I found the one in the last relationship I had with a man who really showed me how to come out of the closet spiritually. I had been really in the closet as a spiritual person, praying quietly, hoping no one was seeing me do it. And he really showed me how to have a relationship with God that was out and how to really pray raw and how to have our sex and our love be a devotion you know, that was contributing to other people in the world. So I've found the one over and over and over again. And I look forward to finding my next one. And maybe that'll be somebody that I buy the house with on the beach and I do the things and we live until we die. Or maybe there'll be a couple more ones. And that's that's okay. I like the context you're putting with that because I often look at my past relationships and What's What did I get out of it? What did I bring to it? What did they get out of it? And I've never looked at it that way. 
I've always looked at it as the one, the ring, the wedding dress. And I think it's just a choice. Like I'm already at the point where I'm like, okay, it's either going to happen or it's not. And I got to just be happy as I go. Mm-hmm. And it's my choice to be sad and disheveled around not having the one or to just have my choose my own adventure. And if the one that, you know, I buy the house and have the three car garage with is, yeah, <laughs> let's make it six cars. <laughs> That's so funny. The two of us don't want to have kids. So it's instead of the three kids, it's the three car garage. <laughs> yeah, I, I love as far as pressure goes, it's like I've always had in my head that at some point this is going to happen at some point i'm going to you know get a master's degree at some point i'm going to have a husband and i'll have kids at some point you know that's the way that the things go um and for me i want to have children and i also look at my age i also look at you know biologically at some point i may not be able to have children at some certain point so like that's when you start getting this whole timeline in your head on like, when should I start making my hundred thousand a year? When should I start, you know, saving money for my future child who knows when I'm even going to have its, you know, education and things like that. So, and then I'm looking at the black lives matter movement and I do, do I want to have children? Do I want to bring a black Mm. child into the Mm -hmm. world? That's, you know, where, where there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of things going on right now. And maybe I do want to bring another black child into this world so that mm-hmm. it can make a difference. And so that's also a conversation that I have for myself as well. Um, and Blasians are super cute too. <laughs> <laughs> Blasians. My first boyfriend was Chinese. I know, I know, I remember. <laughs> when it comes to the one, finding the one, that's the question that I posed to the young man this morning on OKCupid. And he was really frank about it. It's like, I think for him, for him personally, he was saying that happiness does lie for him in finding the one. And I I told him that's really interesting because I read a a university study. They studied men for a really long time. I think it was like a thousand men followed them through their life and looked at their work history and their stress level and all the different things they were doing and their marital or single status. And what they found at the end that men live longer and healthier and are much happier when they are in a committed relationship. So that's interesting that both genders, ultimately, we crave that that kind of connection with somebody and working through life together and building and elevate each other. that It's just natural, I think. And in that, we can find lots of the ones. That's beautiful. So um, I've been a serial monogamous since I was in high school. And I'm, thir- I'm going to be 34 next week. So, And I, I came to this episode really fearful of this topic because I really never allowed myself the privilege to be single. I think I've maybe been single for about two weeks in my whole life. And um, my mom found this really frustrating when I came home with another another longtime suitor. And she always emphatically encouraged me to spend some time with myself. And um, I've been in a relationship with my husband now for 10 years. And it really wasn't until the last two that I started paying attention to myself. And it's taken a long time for me to get to this very basic place of just allowing Katie to get to know Katie. And, um, and that's, what's allowed me to share myself so fully, not only with my man, but 
everyone in my life. And I just acknowledge all of you in this room because I kind of did it backwards, you know? <laughs> and um, just single ladies in this day and age are just badasses. You're just badasses making everything happen for yourself. And, um, and I will say though, but before you know it, this precious time with yourself is gone. And so I would say to myself to use it wisely in every minute and continue to do whatever the fuck you want because you can. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's exactly why I was like, I need to get my own apartment and live on my own because, you know, in your life you're with your parents until you're 18 or something. Then you're with roommates in college and then you're you're out of college and you have your boyfriend and you're living together when are you ever by yourself to get to know yourself mm -hmm. and and no to eat roommates. cereal no roommates <laughs> and to eat cereal <laughs> i'm such curious on what that flavor was <laughs> so now it's that special time listeners for our exercise so close your sweet eyes Take a deep breath, put your hand on your pussy or your cock or whatever you have down there and get in tune with what you're grateful for in your relationship status, whether it's the single life or being part of a couple or a thruple, just check in with yourself. What are you most grateful for? Okay, Clitorati, thank you again so much for turning in to this week's episode of Clit Talk. Thank you and a special shout out to all you fabulous single humans out there. And what we want to know is whether you are in a relationship or not, what are you doing to take time for yourself? Hit us up on our email, which is clittalk at gmail.com, or as always, come on over to the Instagram and play with us at Clit Talk Show. Pussy. 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 Pussy.